0: or even extraordinary with your life something that no one else can do the only real question you have to answer is are you going to do it although it's true that some people are born with extraordinary gifts most of us start off with talents and abilities that are more or less just about average most men and women who achieve great success in some field do it by developing their natural talents and abilities to a very high degree in some special area of interest Your individual potential is something that has to be nurtured and developed and worked on if you're ever going to reach the point where you get something really great out of yourself. One definition of individual potential is contained in the equation IA plus AA times A equals IHP. The first two letters, IA, stand for inborn attributes. These are what you're born with, your natural tendencies, your temperament, and your general mental ability. The next two letters, AA, stand for acquired attributes. These are the knowledge, skill, talent, experience, and ability that you've gained or developed as you've grown and matured. The third letter, A, stands for your attitude or the kind of mental energy that you bring to bear on your combination of inborn and acquired attributes. And finally, IHP stands for individual human performance. So the formula is, Inborn attributes plus acquired attributes multiplied by your attitude equals your individual human performance. Now, since the quality and quantity of your attitude can be increased almost without limit, a person with average inborn attributes and average acquired attributes can still perform at a high level if he or she has a very positive mental attitude. It is your attitude as much or more than your aptitude that determines your performance. It was for this reason that Earl Nightingale referred to attitude as the most important word in the language. We know we should have a positive mental attitude, but what is it exactly? A positive mental attitude, using the definition that I prefer, is simply a way of responding to adversity and difficulty. The only way that you can tell what kind of an attitude you really have is by observing how you react when things go wrong. Your attitude, in turn, is determined by your expectations. If you expect things to go well, you'll have a generally positive attitude. If you believe that something wonderful is going to happen to you today, your attitude will be positive and optimistic. You'll be enthusiastic and primed for success. Your expectations are in turn determined by your beliefs about yourself and your world. If you have a positive worldview, if you believe that the world is a pretty good place and that you are a pretty good person, Then you'll have a tendency to expect the best from yourself, from others, and from the situations you meet. Your positive expectations will be expressed as a positive mental attitude, and people will reflect back to you the attitude that you express toward them. So your values and beliefs largely determine the quality of your personality. But where do your beliefs come from? This brings us to perhaps the greatest breakthrough in psychology in the 20th century, the discovery of the self-concept. Your self-concept is your bundle of beliefs about yourself and about every part of your life and your world. It is the master program of your mental or subconscious computer. Your beliefs determine your reality because you always see the world through a screen of preconceptions and prejudices formed by your belief structure. For this reason, your self-concept, your belief structure, precedes and predicts your levels of performance and effectiveness in every area of your life. You always act in a manner consistent with your self-concept, consistent with a bundle of beliefs that you have acquired from infancy onward. There is a direct relationship between your level of effectiveness and your self-concept. No matter what the area may be, you can never perform at a higher or better level than your concept is of your ability to perform in any area. We also know that your self-concept is largely subjective. That is, it's not based on fact, but instead on impressions and information that you've taken in about yourself and then accepted as true. In most cases where your self-concept in a particular area is low, it's based on erroneous data. It's based on self-limiting beliefs or false information that you've accepted as true and which you then act upon. Now, not only do you have an overall self-concept, which is a summary statement of all your beliefs about yourself, but you also have a series of mini self-concepts which control your performance and behavior in each individual area of your life that you consider important.